0: Are you ready for your next level but need a game plan to take the leap? I want to invite you to join the Next Level Club where we work with creative service providers every single week to confidently and sustainably scale their creative business without burning out, losing money or wasting time. If you're interested and if you want to learn more about what it would be like to join us inside the Next Level Club, I want you to send me a DM on Instagram right now. Don't do it if you're driving. I want you to send me a DM on Instagram at Lala Social Club and just send me the words next level and we can chat about whether this is the right fit for you and for your business. 2023 is your year, my friend. And if you want someone in your corner coaching you, helping you to reach your next level, then now is the time. Hello, hello, and welcome to My Business Playbook. It is so good to have you here today. If you're new around here, my name is Laura Higgins. I run a business called Lala La Social Club and we help creative service providers to market their business with confidence and to reach their next level. So good to have you here. Thanks so much for joining us. Now, today we are joined by the wonderful queen of confidence herself, Erica Kramer. And my goodness, you are in for a real treat. Now, first, let me share a little bit about Erica. Erica Kramer, the queen of confidence. She's an international confidence coach. She hosts a podcast that is incredible. She calls herself the Cardi B of the personal development world. She is... Wonderful. I have the pleasure of being friends with Erica through different business groups that we're part of. And honestly, there's nobody else like her. And I know you're going to love this conversation. If you're kind of at this point where you're like, I need to level up, but the thing stopping me from getting there is me, then you are going to love this conversation. We talk about confidence. We talk about the things that hold us back. We talk about simple ways to interrupt those negative thoughts that we can get about ourselves. You're going to love this conversation, so let's dive straight in to hear from the wonderful queen of confidence herself, Erica Kramer. Well, Erica freaking Kramer, I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you so much for joining us. Hello, Laura. Finally, we are here doing this. I'm so excited. (laughs) I'm so excited too. We were just talking before we hit record of like, How wonderful. I say this every time, but I'm like, how good's the internet? You just become friends with all these people and it's just the best.
1: Yes. Yes. It is so good. And an American up in Australia, it's crazy. I'm just like, this is awesome. You're the bomb. Finally, we are doing it. (laughs) It's
0: honestly the best. And I feel like, you know, anyone who follows you, you are the queen of confidence. And I know that for our audience, what you have to share today is just going to be incredible and I just know that everyone's going to love it. And I'm super excited to dive in to your story and your journey um, leading up to starting your business. And I know that there's been highs and lows and you've had this incredible, you've just got this incredible story. And so I just kind of want to dive straight in and just want to say there's no filter on this conversation so we can go wherever the heck we want, uh, (laughs) which is my favorite thing. But tell us, like, How did you start this business and and what kind of were the key points for you going, okay, cool, I'm going to start a business helping women to be their most badass, confident selves?
1: Yeah. Well, it started with me not being the most confident badass. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably how it started. Um, So I'm originally from America, uh, from Boston, and I just, I had a really turbulent upbringing, um, physical abuse, sexual abuse. I was kidnapped. My just a hot mess of a, of a childhood. And then when I turned sixteen, I joined the military. or seventeen, I joined the military to try to escape kind of my life and live a better life. We were really poor, I didn't do well in school, as you can imagine. And I just thought, okay, the military will be my kind of like, um, you know, step out of here, my my bridge to get me to where I wanted to go. And I always wanted to perform still do i just love like acting and dancing and i'm just you know like performer and so i was like i'm gonna move across the country and i'm gonna escape my life and do that and so i married my high school sweetheart in secret and unfortunately the war happened so i was in boot camp when 9 11 happened and in america at that time in 2000, right before 9-11, it was like, you went to the military because they paid for school. It wasn't like you went to the military for war, which now people know wars are a thing. And so it was a really big shock. I was kind of like, Oh, okay. I didn't think we were going to be like mobilized and had to actually do this stuff, you know? And so having him go away was really hard. And when he came back uh, from Iraq, we, we, we kind of decided like, it's your turn to go because I've been living, even though I wasn't doing anything, I was just waiting for him. And it was weird that I had this. I didn't have my dad. I didn't grow up with my mom serving my dad. And I didn't see that. But for some reason, I was happy to put my life on hold and kind of do what what he wanted and and support him. I had this guilt that I was living and he was at war anyway. So he came back home. We moved to Florida and we were out one night drinking and driving. I was 23. It's the things you do in America when you're young and dumb. Uh, and so I got into a really bad car accident where I broke my back and was ejected out of the car, had to like be in the hospital for 30 days, learn how to walk again. And it was really kind of shocking because I was like, oh, it's like a little mini wake up call. I thought it was the wake up call, but it was like a mini wake up call. And it got me going, okay, what, what am I doing? Like, I'm not doing anything I want. I'm in the military full time. That's not the plan. Like this was meant to be a little bridge or a plan B into I get to plan C, but it ended up becoming my plan A. And so I decided to go to hair school because I loved like hair and makeup and making women feel beautiful. And I thought, I actually never shared this, but I thought that I could be like JLo's backup hairdresser. And then maybe... I was like, I could be JLo's hairdresser. And then if they need someone to just jump in and be an extra, I could just put the blow dryer down and like jump in. Right. So it was like a little (laughs) bit close to to acting and performing, but I wasn't going for it for whatever reason. Back then I wasn't saying I want to do this and just do that. I had like plan C, D, E, F, G. And so when I broke my back, I was like, shit, this is like, I'm so lucky to be alive. I'm lucky I'm not paralyzed. Like I don't know if I would have broken my back anymore to the left, I would have been able to walk again. It was just a hot mess. And so at that point, I said to my husband at the time, I was like, I'm going to go to hair school. I'm going to get another thing so that I'm not just in the military. I'm going to do modeling and acting. And so I thought that it was like a new start, fresh start. And I started modeling. I started doing bikini modeling. I was in like music videos with Pitbull and all these rappers in Miami. It was amazing. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And then unfortunately the following year, my husband was out drinking and driving by himself, which wasn't a thing. We didn't do it anymore, but he passed away in a car accident. And so he had an accident on his own died. And it was just like, are you kidding me? Like, I was like, this is like, I'm done. Like, I was just like too much trauma, too much horrible shit. I felt cursed. I was like, I cannot handle life right now. So I just was like, pretend that didn't happen and drink and numb and make terrible mistakes with men in relationship. And it wasn't until going to a conference in Las Vegas where I met a man from Australia. And I just, I was just numb, Laura. I was just so Mm. from my life. I was like, I'm cursed for sure. I'm damaged goods. Like God hates me. If there is a God, I was just really not on and I was drinking a lot. And so I met this guy, I thought he was lovely. And I was like, yep, I'm going to move to Australia I sold everything and just moved. I didn't even know where Australia was. And I'm like, yep, I'm going there. My Skype boyfriend. <laughs> bad idea, <laughs> ladies. Don't do it, okay? <laughs> yeah, and I just got here and I thought, amazing. I'm going to start fresh and all my stuff won't follow me across the Pacific Ocean. But it does. <laughs> yes, Yes, I came here. Anyway, it was a bad relationship. I ended up um, meeting another guy who wasn't good. And then I met my personal trainer, who was my only friend in Melbourne, Australia. My personal trainer, my nail technician, were my only friends. It was such a loser. I was like, what am I doing in this country? I don't know anyone. I should get out of here. But I didn't want to give up on Australia because I thought that every time I saw a kangaroo or a boomerang, I would think about how failed, how much I failed in this country. So I was like, I'm going to make my own memory. And then I ended up falling in love with Hamish, my personal trainer. He was into personal development. In 12 months, I became a completely new person, like completely new. And for the next eight years, I committed to unraveling all my stuff and doing all the work on my beliefs and my, my thoughts, my trauma, my ideas of life and, and my judgments. And uh, at the end of that, when I had my second son, I was like, I want to do this. And so I decided to launch my business. And that was the worst time possible to launch it because we had no money and had a second baby. But I was like, I'm not going to not follow my dreams. I was sick of corporate, sick of like playing it safe. I was doing like side hustles, like styling businesses, helping women look nice. But I wasn't fully going. I really wanted to talk about confidence and I want to talk about thoughts and feelings and personal development. And at the time in Australia, it wasn't like popular to go to a confidence masterclass. It was just starting to happen here. And yeah, in 2018, I was like, I'm doing this. And we launched the Queen of Confidence coaching business and it's only been since 2018 and it's freaking gone off it's just crazy now t- saying that out loud i'm like oh my god 2018
0: it's oh man i i feel like your like your story is and i didn't even know half of that like
1: oh yeah a,
0: it's <laughs> insane and i think i mean looking at you now and knowing you now even just like through you know our, yeah. our different circles if it, it seems like How, I I think most people would be like, how have you arrived to be this person that you are today? Because Mm. it seems like one of those, you know, events is enough for someone to go, oh, I'm going to play it safe. I'm going to stay, stay where I am. But like, it's crazy to me that you've been able to go through those incredibly just traumatic events and come out the other side, not only healed yourself, but to be able to actually help other people to do the same. Mm. What do you think was the tipping point for you where you went, okay, I've got to own this and I've got to really deal with this head on and and really work through this? What was that tipping point? And then what was the tipping point where you realised, actually, maybe I can help other people too?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because you think the tipping point would be like breaking my back in a car accident, drinking and driving or losing my husband or moving to Australia and being dumped by someone so far away. Like, nope, nope, no, no, no. It wasn't until yeah. like the man I moved to Australia for was one person. And then I moved. So that was Sydney. And then I moved to Melbourne for another guy like losers are us. It's like, this is a joke. And he <laughs> broke up with me on my birthday, like broke up with uh, me. And I, I know I was like oh my gosh, this is the worst. And I remember looking in the mirror and that was like my moment of like, you are the common denominator here. Like it's you with you. You've always been here, Erica. Like, how can we blame your trauma, your mother, your dad, your sexual abuse, that boyfriend, that guy? You can't like, honey, it's you. It's me and you. We've always been here. So what the hell are we going to do here? And that was like my my come to Jesus moment with myself of like, babe, you got to, we got to do something. You know, those moments where you're like, yeah, I keep saying I'm going to do something and I'm not. And I keep getting the same result and the same shit and like, okay, I'm I'm the problem. So that's where I kind of got that I'm the common denominator. And then I just so happened to have a personal trainer who he was just my friend at the time. And he was fully in the work. He was fully into self-development and healing and meditation and all this stuff that I didn't know nothing about, like the universe. I'm like, what do you mean the universe? I don't understand what you're talking about. You know, like all of it. I was just like, what is this? Um... And that was kind of the first aha moment. And then when I had my second son at home, Nava, I had a home birth and it was after having a really traumatic cesarean. And then I had a miscarriage and then I had Nava at home. And I don't know, Laura, but like this, that birth birthed like a different version of me as well. Like like you can do this. This is so hard and you're amazing. And your body did this. And it was a lot of mindset with the birth. It wasn't so much a physical thing you know it was more my head and so when that happened I had some shower wisdom as you do and it was like what does the queen of confidence do because at the time I was doing styling so I was dressing women so I was a hairdresser external confidence and I was like styling women with clothing external confidence and then in the shower I was like what is the queen of confidence about it's about women and confidence it's not about horizontal stripes and your body is a pear or banana or an apple like it's about your thoughts and your feelings right and so I ran downstairs. I'm like in this, you know, my towel wet as hell. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I have to do this coaching business. And he was like, are you kidding me right now? We have no money. We just had a second baby. We bought a Tiguan. We were like so strapped for cash. And I was off of a 90 K corporate job, like on maternity. I wasn't even on leave. I was a contractor. So I was just off. I was not getting maternity leave. And I'm like, I don't care. Like, I'm not going to not do this. Like I have to do this now. And that was the moment. And, And I'll never forget because it was the worst time, but I wouldn't trade that for anything because it was, it it gave us the fire to make it happen instead of being comfortable and saying we will one day, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I loved what you said earlier about like plan A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like we can, (laughs) and I wonder if this is is unique to women or if this is just people everywhere, that Mm -hmm. we like to have backup plans and we like to have our little safety net and our um one foot on like this side hustle or maybe this idea that we want to do and the other foot is like oh but this could be cool or maybe we should try this and it's funny that we try to have this control thing Mm. where we try to minimize the amount of room there is for failure what would you say to someone who is in that moment where they're like i'm comfortable maybe maybe it's like i've got kids i just want to I don't feel confident to take that leap, even though inside I know that there's something here that I need to explore. What what would you say to someone who feels like that?
1: Yeah, I think th- the crazy thing is I get asked that all the time about how I made it happen in my business, because it was there was no reason. Like there was no special, there was an I was anti-special. Like there was actually every reason for me to go back to work. But I had this like. I was on the edge. And when you get on the edge, you have to either stay on the edge or fall off the edge or jump off the edge. And sometimes you can't stay on it because it's about to you're about to either fall or fly. And so I was like, I'm going to jump. Like, I'm doing this. I've been, I've been here for many times, but I haven't been pushed. And so it's unfortunate, but sometimes we need to hit rock bottom. We need someone to die. We need cancer. We need uh, debt, disease, all the four Ds, right? Like we need this horrible, traumatic, crazy, dramatic thing happen for us to wake up to our lives and go, shit, I want to do this. So that's unfortunate, but like, I was one of those people. So I can't sit here and tell you, unfortunately that people do that. I was one of those people. Like I didn't wake mm-hmm. up, I didn't get to do in my life until shit that was horrible happened. And so it, it's almost like the initiation into the human experience. Like it's uncomfortable and it sucks. And you sometimes don't move until you have to move. And I, I would hope that someone listening to this could go, oh, I'm not waiting until that's that moment, but a lot of people, unfortunately, Laura do. Um, and for me, I, I brought in my American hustle. I brought in my American, like, I, I just American mode. <laughs> it's like Hamish uh, to my husband. I was like, American mode. He was like, we're not going to be able to do this. This is crazy. We're not. I'm like, oh, I'm American. I'm from the hood. Like, I've been way broker than this. I've been on food stamps. Like, we've had no electricity. I was like, please. But for him in his 30s with two kids living in Melbourne, Australia, that was really bad for us. But for me, I'm like, I've been worse like I can do this and I knew it was that time it was like the call had been coming so long and I'd been denying the call and now it's like no nah, there's no more denying like I have to do what it takes so unfortunately self doubt can be a privilege you know if you doubt yourself you're like oh who am I to do it and you can that's a privilege like some people can't and so you just go well fuck it what else are we going to do we we'll die of starvation or we won't be able to pay our bills if we don't do this and as crazy as that sounds, sometimes we need to go to that edge because unfortunately we won't get there ourselves because we're comfortable.
0: Yeah. Oh, self-doubt is a privilege. My mind is just like. That
1: is a podcast coming soon. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But totally.
0: (laughs) You're so right, Erica, because it's such a, uh, that is such a cool way to think about it. And I think, you know, it sometimes feels like confidence is a privilege. Like, oh, you know, they're just naturally like that or that's their personality. That's kind of they've just got that innate sense of confidence. But I think flipping it to be like, no, self-doubt is a privilege is just so, so powerful. Your whole thing is about confidence. Do you think that confidence is underrated?
1: So it's so funny when you said about confidence as a privilege, because I think confidence is horrible. I think it's so, I feel like the people that dare to create confidence are so courageous. They yes. are like the courageous ones because it isn't comfortable. It isn't fun. It isn't exciting. I think what we confuse is confidence is the end result of someone making something happen. We go, she's so confident because she did a Ted talk. She's so confident because of what she did. So we're seeing the end result and we're judging the end result, but we didn't see The woman before she got on the stage, we didn't see weeks before we didn't see Brene Brown go, I want to pull my Ted talk off because it was too much. And I think it was horrible. And we're all like amazing. Brene Brown did the best Ted talk and she's in the green room shitting herself right after going, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God, our hearts racing. We don't see any of that. We don't see how I was so nervous. I just did a big talk and it was on my vision board. I was so nervous. And I was so happy when it was done. Everyone's like, you were nervous. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, I wish you could have seen me the whole month before, weeks before, days before the lead up. I was shitting my pants. I look like the most non-confident person in the world. And that's what confidence is. But it isn't until I go, ta-da, get on the stage and people go, oh my God, Erica, you're so amazing. And I'm like, that's not confidence. That's me being courageous to do uncomfortable shit and put myself out there and possibly fail and fall flat on my face go against the critics, be ostracized from my family. You know, like there's so much risk when you're confident is actually horrible. So I, I, I don't feel like confidence is the thing that we've been sold and told like the gold star that when you're confident, all of these things will happen. People don't do what it takes to, which it means it's horrible. Basically, it's a horrible experience to create confidence. <laughs> so look forward to it. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, that it, it's, it's so brave. It's so brave.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of like the the courage isn't the absence of fear kind of yeah. vibe, right? Where it's it's like it's not not feeling fear. It's no it's way. kind of still doing it and going with the process, right? Of going, well, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I had this oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, Totally. I had this speaking thing and it was the biggest um, speaking event I'd ever done. And I got a call I was a backup. Essentially someone was sick. They had COVID and they were like, we need someone to come and talk about um, social media and marketing. It's there's 700 women at this thing. It's this weekend. And I was like, okay, (laughs) I'll figure it out. But for me, there wasn't enough time for me to freak myself out because I was like, well, I got to figure out what I'm saying. And then I arrived and realized I was the, I thought I was just kind of like, you know, in amongst the other people, but I was one of I was the first speaker of the day. I was the I I think I was kind of almost the keynote person, and I was like, I didn't know what I like. Think, talking about it now, it makes me nervous. I'm like, I didn't know any of that stuff. Had I known it, I would have freaked myself out yes. so much more. But I think it's really interesting that even when it's your zone of genius, even when you know, like, similar to you, like, I'm like, I loved I love speaking. I love presenting. You know, even as a kid, I loved doing that. Yeah. It doesn't mean, though, in that moment where you're like, there's 700 people here and I've never done that before. Wow. That that you're not like, ah,
1: like what what am I doing? (laughs) What a great first gig. (laughs) Seriously.
0: Wow. But it's so, I think that idea of it doesn't mean you're kind of this unicorn, perfect, just, superhero kind of person. It just means that you're doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, you're, you're to me courage. I think in the book I wrote courage definition is like your ability to take action while you're like simultaneously shitting yourself. Like <laughs> I've got skid marks in my undies, but I'm moving in the dark and I'm walking and I'm like, Oh my God, what if I fall? But okay. But keep walking. Like, it's not that you're not worried. It's not that you're not scared. It's not that you're not unsure. That happens to everyone. We're all like that. But are you letting it stop you? No. I'm walking, I'm scared, my legs legs are shaking and I'm uh, but I'm still walking. Some people stop, mm. they don't move, they catastrophize the walk, oh my God. Uh, and then they're still, and I go, are you still there? You, you haven't moved a leg, like you haven't moved. No, what if, and I'm like, oh, that sucks. People st- stay frozen for years in those places, in jobs they hate, relationships they hate, businesses they're not happy with, you know, like stagnation, like you're just not moving at all for fear of what may happen. Yes, those things may happen. But they also make you resilient. And if you do fall down, trust, you can get back up. And I think the best definition of confidence that I've ever found in my research, and we've been studying confidence for over 10 years as a hairdresser, as a stylist, and now as a confidence coach, like 10 years of women and research and confidence. And one of the best definitions that I found was a Latin translation is like confidere. It's like trusting in yourself, like self-trust. When you have self-confidence, you trust in yourself. Do I know what the hell's going to happen? No. Does it mean I'm going to be the best? Nope. But I believe that I can figure it out. I trust that I work it out. I trust that I can do it. I trust that if I fall down, I'll get back up. Like that to me is what women can do more with trusting of ourselves, not putting our, our, our ideas and thoughts into other people and what they think, not worrying about what your family says or what social media says. It's like, can you trust yourself? Even if it's air quotes wrong, the wrong way gets you the right way. Like I've been the wrong way many times. I shouldn't be in Australia, but now I am here and all this good stuff has happened. So I feel like the confidence and self-trust is what I think we could all do well with, a little bit more self-trust.
0: Yeah, that's such a good way to put it too, because it's kind of like that Marie Forleo idea of everything is figure outable. It's a cool way to put it that it doesn't mean that you know what the outcome is. It's just that you trust yeah. that,
1: We'll figure it When out. <laughs> you
0: are presented with the things, you yeah. can go, all right, well, that wasn't how I wanted it to go, <laughs> but I'll, I'll work yeah, it out.
1: Totally. And either way is good because if it doesn't go well, like how fantastic, cause you're going to learn how, like, it's like, I want to be resilient. Okay. Here's a bunch of horrible shit. Oh no, 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 no. I don't want that. I just want to be resilient. It's like, sorry, I want to be confident. Here's a bunch of difficult things to overcome so that you can become confident and learn to trust yourself. Oh, I don't want to do that. It's like, what? Like, it's not. You don't get like courage to become courageous. You're scared and you're walking in the dark and that's how you get courage because you were willing to do it uh, while you were scared. That's what I I think that that's what we need more of. And that will help build us up. And that's something no one can give you. Like even if Tony Robbins himself said to you, if you do this, you're going to feel that like at the end of the day, you have to do it. And When you have that lived experience for yourself, it is the most amazing and incredible confidence builder. No one can take that away because it's, you did it and it's inside of you, you know, and it, that's really powerful.
0: Mm. And I loved how you articulated the difference between external confidence, like, you know, what we wear, how we look, how we present ourselves, and then the internal confidence. Do you think the external confidence is an outcome of the internal confidence cuz I feel like for you you have a presence where you walk into a room and it, and it feels like okay she carries herself in a certain way do you think that's an that's externally coming from what the work you've done internally like it, how do you kind of navigate that
1: yeah it's weird it's when i was a stylist i got this woman was beautiful she looked so good laura dressed hair nails makeup everything and she looked in the mirror and was like i just hate myself and i was like what? You look amazing. Like I was so like, could not compute. I was like, my brain doesn't understand this. And it wasn't until I was on my journey. So while I was doing styling and hair and makeup and all that, I was on my journey. And so I was like, oh, I was external. I was thinking it's just the way we look. And if we look good, we'll feel good. But if the inside Is I want to say rotten, (laughs) but if the inside is dusty, cobwebs, dark, if there's a dark room that nobody goes into and you avoid it your whole life, and but there's beautiful lights outside and everything outside's pretty, but there's that weird dark room that you're like, why don't you ever invite anybody into that weird dark room? It's like, no, 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 it's not there, and it is there, it's fully inside of you, and it's dark. If you never open that and look at that and put the lights on and work with the cobwebs. Like who cares about how beautiful the outside is if inside, where we come from, this is we can't take any of the stuff with us. If where you're coming from is dark and you don't want to look at it, it, it's gonna impact the outside. It's like a rottening of an apple from the inside. Sooner or later, the skin's gonna catch it. So I really, I when I saw that with that woman, I was like, whoa! It is the internal wardrobe we need to be culling. Like we need to get rid of the thoughts and the feelings and the bullshit that we're not good enough. I'm culling clothing, and it's like. Who cares about the clothing? It's like the inside. So I do feel like when you do your inner work, you could be in sweatpants. You could be, it doesn't matter what you look like. You could be on your bleed. You could be feeling crappy and you could be the happiest, kindest, radiating energy in the room full of people dressed up and you could just be in your daggy, you know, sweatpants. But if you're internally happy and fulfilled, it kind of comes out of your pores and then it impacts other people by how you treat people and the way you Mm. look and smile, like it's always to me internal. And then because of that, then you want to look nice and you want to look after the temple. You want to exercise and eat better because your inside is coming out, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's really, really cool. And I think for a lot of – I I mean, speaking for myself, not, I won't speak for anyone else, but I have this dialogue of, you know, oh, like I should wear this. You know, I, I feel like coming into my 30s, I've had this – Conundrum, just from a style perspective, <laughs> just from clothing. I'm like, what brands do I like? What What's my style? Like, I don't know. For so long, I've been like doing the grind of business where I haven't yeah. had money to spend on nice yeah. clothes and things. And it for me as a creative person, I'm like, well, it's kind of my expression. It's how I want to present myself. And so it has, it. there's such a connection for me. And my husband always laughs at me because he's like, seriously, go spend the money, buy the thing that you want, just do it. <laughs> But for me, there's an emotional thing of like, well, does this express who I am? And, you know, it it totally the external comes from the internal for sure. And you know when yeah. you feel good about yourself because it's how you present yourself, how you carry yourself, how you walk into a room. Yeah. The clothes you are like, I'm gonna rock that. And and yeah. I don't care what anyone thinks. It I can totally see how those two things are so it sounds shallow and superficial, but I, I totally have had this like existential style crisis. Where I'm like,
1: who? We am need to go I? shopping.
0: We need, Erica, yeah. we need to go yes. shopping. But
1: we're gonna do next episode. We're gonna hit the shops. <laughs> but it's so true. And even like the the freedom. I had a I had a friend that came into my life for a season. And that season was a fashion season. It was like permission to be crazy. And it was really where I exercised my fashion muscle and was like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can. And I took a lot from that relationship in regards to permission to be a mother who dresses like this and who's fun. And it really started me back on the fun expression journey of like, I just want to wear something because it feels fun. Or or the, the brand that I'm wearing now is called Breast in Joy. And I love her. Like, what a what an awesome way. Like, imagine you were dressed in joy. Like, what does joyful dressing feel like to you? What does that look like to you? Or dressed in confidence or dressed in professionalism? Like we could all visually kind of take ourselves on that journey of like, what would it look like if Laura was dressing in fun versus professional? And when do I need to be professional? Do I need to be professional? You know, it's like, yeah, it takes you to these places where you can create who you want to be in the moment. And a lot of my style, when I was a stylist was about acting. It was like, I'm going to be this character. And then tomorrow I'm going to be another character and she's serious. And this lady this afternoon is not serious. And so it was kind of like, I never realized that until you said it, but it is my, expression of a character and where I am right now, but not who I am just right now. And then next week or tomorrow I could be this, I could be loud and then I can be quiet. And then you you don't have to blend yourself with that. You could just be all of the things, you know? So yeah, we should go shopping.
0: (laughs) Oh, we should. Absolutely. And it's so funny because I, yeah, I was like, you know, early 20s I was like I'm an op shop vintage bright bold and then something happened and I was like I'm gonna go neutrals just because I'm like I want to buy nice pieces and I don't want them to get old kind of thing and it was just this funny thing of like you start to go and then you realize now I'm like is that a bit boring now like can I do something different so it just it's so interesting to me but I totally see the connection between the two that the internal informs the external but the external can also give a voice to the internal in a sense as well. hundred percent.
1: I mean, when you feel like crap and you put red lipstick on, it does like there's so much research that backs that that does make you feel better and bright colors that you like make you feel better. And so a hundred percent. And I know that when I, I don't have my nails on, but when I have my nails on and I'm, it's almost like a, we have an exercise that we do, um, in my program and it's the ultra And it's like, you put the nails on, you got the hair, you put the lips, you got the song, you got the heels, boom. And then this, like, Sasha Fierce gets activated and it's like, there she is. And so we, we all do this and it's like, what is your thing that makes you feel like that alter she uh, and the Queen yes. of Confidence name is my alter she I'm, I'm not her, but that's who I want to be. I want to be this queen who is confident and I believe everyone, like every woman is the Queen of Confidence. And so, yeah, it's, it's a powerful tool to use for sure for feeling good.
0: Yeah, oh, I love it. I want to get practical for those moments when you are in that like scarcity, fear, insecure comparison state Mm. Do you have any pattern interrupters that you use to go? All right, I got to snap myself out, and maybe the alter Shigo is one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely. I think I think that if something that I'd love for everyone here to just be aware of is like uh, the statement of know your mind, like mm. know your own mind. And what I mean by that is if you know the way that you think, and you know your patterns, and you know that you always feel a certain way when you're around that person. Or you have an issue with your tummy and you're always going to bag your tummy. Or, you know, like, do you know your mind? What is your mind doing? 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. We know, right? It's so many thoughts. What are your top three? What are your top three go-to shitty thoughts? Do you know what they are? I think everyone needs to know what they are just to go. Oh, hello. Hi. Okay. I know. I know that that's what happens. I know that I get anxious in social settings. I know that when I do, I bite my nails. Okay, cool. Just getting aware, being aware, becoming aware of what you're doing. And when and what. So if you don't have that, you're literally walking in mind. And then you're going to make it mean that you're just not confident. You're just not good enough. That lady's better than you. You're not good at social interaction. It's bullshit. You're just going to generalize bullshit. So I would really get to know your own mind. So how I do that practically is I journal. Um, some of my clients don't like journaling because when they were kids, someone read their journal. So I advise them to do voice notes on their phone, um, or videos to themselves. And then you can delete them, but basically whatever's in your mind, getting it out, because if you don't get it out, you think you are your thoughts and you're not your thoughts. You think that everything you're thinking is true and that you are those thoughts. And so if you could unblend Laura from anxiety, if you could unblend Laura, who you are from wife, businesswoman, you know, a good Mm. daughter, like Christian, whatever, if you could unblend and see, okay, that's me. And these are all my thoughts. And I've had these thoughts for 10 years and okay, cool. I always think this when I'm in this kind of scenario, great versus reacting, believing everything you think, believing your feelings, which is interesting. Like I feel this way. So it's true feelings are full on. Like you get feelings doesn't mean you have to act on them or you need to believe that that's a true thing. So and I'm not saying don't listen to your intuition. That's a different thing, but you know, like your feelings that pop up. And so that would be my first one, get to know your mind. Do you know your mind? What are the top three thoughts that you think a lot that really mess with you? Mm. Most people don't know, which is so scary because you have no visibility if you don't know what's going on in this monkey mind of ours. So that would be like the first one that I would say. Um, the second one is if you are someone who really likes to compare themselves or you find yourself having that habit of she's better, they did that better, I'm not as good, I'm not good enough, I would just start to really, again, drill down and zoom into who. You're, be- you're not as good as who instead of people. Like, okay, well, who? Okay. That lady. Okay. Which lady? That Vanessa, let's just say, okay, I'm not as good as Vanessa. Cool. What about Vanessa? Are you comparing yourself instead of going, they're going to say stuff about me? Who's they? My aunt Susan who follows me on Facebook. Okay, cool. Now we can work with a person versus some generalized zoomed out vision. So I love to do this with my clients of like, I'm not good enough. And I'm like, compared to who? And they're like, Oh, not compared to anyone. I'm like, are you sure? Because not good enough comparing to what? And they're like, Oh, well, and then they start opening their mind to like, and then I'm like, and then we drill down. I'm like, okay, you're following a bunch of accounts that aren't helpful. Okay. There's a lady at work that you're comparing yourself to. There's another business woman in your field. And so when we do that, it allows us, it's not so much about the person, but it's about us and why we are choosing that person with that thing to compare ourselves to, to attach to. And it helps us to unpack what about them is being activated in us so we can get to working on it, you know? And so Mm. it's generalizing, kind of zooming out. So we got journaling. We got really uh, zooming into who it is, who is the person, who's the name, because this will really help you to pay attention. And then the third one is a book that I recommend every human being on planet Earth read. And my kids won't get any money from me until they read this book and possibly do all these women's online courses. Um, (laughs) It's going to be in my will. Um, The book is Byron Katie, uh, Loving What Is. And so Byron Katie is an incredible author and she, um, she's kind of like a spiritual teacher, kind of Wayne Dyer vibes. And she does these four questions and she talks about inquiry and not believing everything you think and questioning your thoughts. And she gives a real simple process. And I think that when you get aware of your thoughts and you understand what you're doing, and then you question what you're thinking instead of blindly believing it, it is such an awakening that you have for how you're living in a fantasy world where most of the things we think are not true. And that is shocking because if you thought your whole life that you were a broken piece of shit and you never went for what you wanted, and then you found out that that wasn't true, how would your life change? Like, what would you go do? How would you mother? What kind of friend would you be? What kind of business owner would you be when you believe that you can create what you want? Like it completely transforms your whole existence.
0: Wow. Wow. That is so, so helpful. And I think even as you were talking about like actually naming the thing rather than making it like I'm not good enough, everyone else is better than me kind of thing, it made me think of like, you know when there's like a scary movie and the villain is kind of shapeless and it's like kind of you never actually see who the villain is. (laughs) It's like in Harry Potter, Voldemort all the way up Uh, until like the last one. It's just it makes it worse. It does because it's like what is this like who is the villain and I think yes. being able to actually go actually it's not as scary or as big or as dire as as maybe we think it is if we can actually you like exactly what you're saying zoom in and zero in on okay what is that actually about. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So final kind of question for you. Why do you think particularly for women why do you think it's so important for women in business to invest in kind of uncovering their confidence? Why do you think it's so, and and discovering what that looks like, why do you think it's so important for women to do this?
1: Well, I think if we're going to change anything, which obviously a lot of stuff needs change, we have to start with ourselves. Like, I love Gandhi's quote. Like, um, I said Gandhi's quote, there's a quote that's basically, if you want to change the world, you got to start with you, right? Like We have to start at home. We can't go out there being activists and and doing protests and rampaging and angry about male-dominated industry and pay gap and women's rights. And it's like, cool, how are you being to yourself? Are you an asshole to yourself? Are you your own worst enemy? How do you think you're going to go fight women's rights when you're not kind to yourself? Like, we got to start with the woman in the mirror, just like I saw that day and went, oh, it's me against me. And if we, can, uh, if we can start there, then we have a way better chance of impacting and changing the way the world is working in regards to women because there's a lot of stuff that needs change for us as women. Uh, and so I would invite anyone who's passionate about women's rights or passionate about women making money or women having more ability to do things in leadership roles that you start with the woman in the mirror. Number one, like I dare you to start with her actually. Um, and then the second thing is I would say, I think that we have this twisted idea about men and money and women and money. And I, my, my husband coaches men and I get to understand men more because of him. And men don't just get money because they they they're men and they want money. Like for a man to not make money. It's like, they're useless. Like you're only worthy. Like you're only worthy if you're providing and making money. If you don't do that, you're actually not a man and you're useless. And so that's what men think about money. So we go, why are men always getting the money? They Literally their survival mode is if I don't get money, I'm a piece of shit and I'm worthless. Might as well just not be here. And that's, mm-hmm. we start thinking, oh shit, that's men's thing with money. Ours is guilt. Oh, if I work too much, then I won't see my kids. And who's going to cook and clean and look after the family? Ours is guilt and theirs is guilt. It's just in a different way. And so I feel like if we started understanding each other and reframing Why are we doing what we're doing? What are we chasing? What do we desire? What's our why? You know, we talk about this all the time in our business groups. It's like, why am I doing this? Why does this matter? Because that's going to drive you to get your ass up. That's going to take away the self-doubt privilege thing because you're going to be driven by the impact, the desire. Like if you don't show up, who gets impacted? When your business isn't doing well, it's not only you that gets impacted, but the people that your business is here to help your children, your financial freedom, your purpose, your joy, that's a lot to lose. That's a big risk to take if you don't pursue this. So I think particularly for for women in business, because we're here to change the world, because we're here to create something that's not associated with the big corporations that are so annoying and they're not doing great stuff out in the world. And so if we're going to change things, we need to create confidence. We need to put ourselves out there. We need to be willing to take risks and stand courageously in our message, not only for ourselves and our families, but so that we can impact the people, the clients on the other side that are also going to trickle down and affect them. Um, And then lastly, I think for women like yourself and me, we're in business. And if I see you shining and rising and you've got similar things to me and I'm like, I thought I couldn't do it, but there goes, Laura, she's doing it. Not only is she doing it, but she's leaving me some breadcrumbs so that I can find my way like that is amazing for women to stand on the stage and shine really bright, really loud or neutral, whatever, right? Neutral <laughs> colors on the stage. But, you know, to get up there and go, hey, everybody, look at me. This is how much money I'm making. This is what I'm doing. Do this if you want. That is so powerful. Like representation in women, representation of women of color, representation in people that have had trauma or who never thought they would have an amazing life like myself, that shit matters. So when I see Tony Robbins or Oprah sharing their story and they're Oprah and they're Tony Robbins, and I'm like, oh my God, I can do that. So there's so many reasons why we need to do this. But I think at the end of the day, you have to figure out why you're doing what you're doing and get out of your own head. It's not about you and how shit you are and how you're not good at speaking, how you hate social media and how you don't look pretty today. And you need this filter. It's not about you. You're not in business for you. You're doing it for Mm -hmm. someone else. So instead of worrying about yourself, step into service, like step into the person that you're here to serve. You won't give a shit about yourself. You won't worry about sabotaging because you'll fully be in service. And when you're in service, the impact you can make is ginormous and it just keeps rippling.
0: So, so good. And I just want to say, Erica, for you, like, I know we're about to finish up, but for you, like you, Totally embody this, and I feel like even seeing you and seeing the way that you show up, it inspires me. And I know it inspires so many people in your audience. So I just want to say thank you because thank you do you, you blaze a trail that gives us permission to do it in our own way, to do it in a way that feels like uniquely us, because that's how you're doing it. So I just want to say thank you.
1: I appreciate that, and I think it's it's the one thing I can say that I have mastered because I'm still healing. I'm still creating confidence. I fall down many times, like. I don't have that sorted, but the one thing that I feel, and I'm saying this right now in 2022, who knows if I do get on my first couch and there are billions of people watching me, if I'll still feel this way. But at this point in time in my life, I feel what I have really mastered is not giving a fuck what people think about me. Like genuinely I care, but I don't let it stop me. Like we all care what people think about us, but I'm not to the point where I won't do that. Cause what will they think? Or what if I look crazy? Or what if I don't give a shit? Like, In that space, I'm like fully expressed, fully free. And it's, that's the thing you see. And that's the thing people Mm. say to me that they're like, how do you, that's what they're talking about because that I do have, I'm like, I don't even know who I am. How do you know? (laughs) Like, I don't know who I am. I'm covering who I'm not day by day. I'm completely changing and shifting every time I read a book or I I watch a podcast, I listen to a podcast, like I'm changing every second and you think you've got me figured out and you're going to judge me by who you think I am and I don't know who I am. Okay. That's ridiculous. So then I just fully free. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like you don't know who I am. Cause I don't know who I am. <laughs> so whoever you're criticizing, that's not me. So yeah. I just, it's this freedom, like shackles are off and that's the vibe and that's the energy. That's the magneticness that people walking around have is like, you're so fully expressed and you don't give a shit and you you're a permission slip walking. And if more people, more women, especially can embody that. And then and then celebrate, like, thank you that you said that because celebrate other women doing that. It's like, wow, like what a free, amazing world that would be uh, to, for our young women growing up right now. Like, that's what we need more of that.
0: Yeah. I love it. Now, can, where can people work with you? Where can people connect with you more? Because I know that you've got some epic resources and I want to make sure people yes, have access to that. Thank those. you.
1: Um, okay. So if you're listening or watching this and you are like, I want to create confidence. How do I do this? I lack like confidence. I don't know. I want more self-belief, more self-trust. There is an amazing cheat sheet that you guys will have access to in the show notes. And it's the five steps of creating confidence. So uh, in the book, when we spoke about all the 10 years of research and studying the most confident women, we came up with these five steps. And honestly, it's super simple, super easy. And it's just a little guide. So wherever you are in your practice of confidence and your journey of confidence, um this will take you step by step um and then you can check me out on instagram tag us please because we love social media don't we (laughs) um and just come say hi at the queen of confidence on instagram i have uh, a program for women who want to change their lives and work on healing their past and creating confidence so if that's interesting to you it's called the sisterhood and that is all there so that's it thank you so much i love you you're the best
0: oh thank you for joining us you are a wizard we'll have all of those um (laughs) links in the show notes but erica thank you so much thanks for sharing all of the good things thank you my love Wasn't that amazing? Isn't she just incredible? I feel so excited and pumped after that conversation with Erica. If you loved this episode, I want you to do two things. Actually, I'm asking you very nicely, pretty please, to do two things. Number one, I want you to share this with a friend who needs to hear it today. This is a really powerful conversation, and what Erica shares can actually change your life. It can change your business. I really believe that. So, number one, share it with a business buddy. Number two, If you loved it, loved it, loved it, please leave us a review. If you love our podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Let us know what you love. It really means the world to us to be able to hear from you and to know that you're loving what we're putting out every week. Okay, that's my two requests from you. I hope that you have a wonderful week and I hope that you are able to implement some of the things that Erica has spoken about today. I love your work. I'll see you back here same time, same place next week. But in the meantime, you know what to do. Go get them.